Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. So let's go walk away a little bit from provincial taxes and provincial budget and talk about municipalities. Well, today, uh, Port Coquitlam proposed a 3.3% tax increase for the 2023 budget year. Now, there's something unique about that number. It's arguably, arguably one of the lowest property tax increases in the, in the Metro Vancouver area for the year. Now, neighboring Port Moody has a proposed 11.3% uh, property tax increase, and Coquitlam has already agreed on a 5.4% increase. In Victoria, there's a proposed 9% increase, an 8% increase in communities like Prince George, and between 10 and 12% in Langley City. Let's also remember Surrey is proposing 17.5% increase, and even without its policing costs, it would be proposing an 8% increase. While in Vancouver, we learned today there is a 10.7% proposed increase uh, for that uh, city. Now, remember, in the past decade, Vancouver, on average, uh, you've seen about a 3.9% increase. So a 10.7%, which is being proposed for this year, is significant. So what is happening here in regards to these large property tax increases that are being proposed this year? Well, joining us now to talk about uh, these tax increases is Brad West, the mayor of Port Coquitlam, and to talk to us a little bit about his proposed only 3.3% increase. Uh, Brad, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jazz. So when I look at your uh, tax increase for the city of Port Coquitlam, uh, you're proposing 3.38%. Uh, this year, we, we've looked at some increases that are 11%, some are uh, 17% in the case of, of Surrey. Why is yours so low? First, I think our council puts a tremendous amount of effort into this process, and we work very closely with our staff uh, to make responsible decisions. You know, the whole process is framed by wanting to do the absolute best we can for our residents and going through our budget line by line. Um, it is at times perhaps a, a bit of a tedious process, but we think it's one of our most important functions as a, the elected city council of Port Coquitlam. And so we spend a lot of time, we ask a lot of questions, we challenge assumptions, and we go through it line by line by line, identifying areas where we can achieve savings, challenging our city departments to look inwards as well, to find savings within, and to find room within their budgets to uh, shift priorities to what is important today. And so uh, I think our approach has served us very well. And the, and the other piece of it is it's not a new approach. We're benefiting from the fact that we have been continuing in this trajectory for quite some time. And so success creates more success in, in this regard. And the beneficiary at the end of the day, I think, is the people of Port Coquitlam who will now uh, be paying the second lowest property taxes out of 21 cities in Metro Vancouver. But a lot of mayors would tell me the same thing, that they do go through it line by line, but still, as I said, uh, your neighbouring communities, Port Moody, 
uh, is proposing 11.3%. Coquitlam's at 5.4%. Prince George uh, is at 8%. Uh, Victoria, 9%. Langley City, between 10 and 12%. What is causing this in other cities, in your mind? I want to say right up front, I, I'm not the mayor of other cities. I don't see what their council sees, and, and I'm not uh, familiar with all the ins and outs of what their particular budgets are. But what I can say, having served on Port Coquitlam City Council for some time, including a period of time when I first got elected, when uh, the increases were much higher, uh, I can speak to the process that we've gone through to to bring things to a much more reasonable level. Uh, one thing is cities' reserves. Cities across British Columbia have very large reserves. Management and staff and cities are uh, very keen to build up these large reserves. And it's important to have money for uh, future needs. It is also important to balance the need for future needs with current needs and current taxpayers' ability to pay. And so we went through a very extensive process of going through all of our reserves to make sure that they were being funded adequately, but not overfunded just because if you take a bunch of money from taxpayers today because you think in uh, 50 years you might need to replace a piece of infrastructure, um, it is possible to get out of balance. And I do know that across this province, many cities have very large reserves. And some of them, I think, are probably over-contributing to those reserves and not taking enough of that money and spending it in the here and now for the benefit of, of current taxpayers. And so I know that that is certainly a, a piece that I think needs to be examined. As well, I can say that in Port Coquitlam, when we add additional staff resources to any given department, the first question is, are there positions within that department that are currently vacant? And why are they vacant? Are they vacant because it was a position that had been created 40 years ago and perhaps is no longer uh, relevant to today's priorities. And if that's the case, instead of just adding on top of adding on top of adding, let's upgrade that position. Let's convert that position to do the things that we need to have done today. And so there are things like that and many other things I could talk to you for quite a while on this front that I, I think have become part of our culture in Port Coquitlam. There are things that we just we just do now, and our staff know that that's the expectation of our council. And so they come forward with those solutions. I've heard from, you know, many other councillors and mayors say, well, part of it is uh, inflation. We're dealing with inflation just like every other private citizen is. You know, I would also argue, and this is just me, my class in the Vancouver City Councilor was in, my, uh, in the studio last week, and he told me that the, as they're going through the budget, they found that, you know, there's a 25% cut on maintenance. Uh, this is cutting grass, those types of things in the city over a decade ago. Yet this is the still, the still a city that just repealed its paper cup tax. How much of this thing also, though, has to do, when I, when I see these large increases, how much of this also is a need for city to go back to its core competency, competencies? And what I mean by that is just community centers, fix the potholes, 
garbage pickup, the back-to-basics that City Hall is known for doing, and that's what they should be doing, that there's been too much creep, too many bigger picture issues that um, uh, that uh, councillors have, uh, hobby horses. And in some cases, yes, the federal government has downloaded those costs, and the provincial government has, but you can't be covering everything. How much of that is just City Hall needing to get back to basics? Well, I think it is a big part of it, and getting back to basics has been our mantra in Port Coquitlam the day I got elected mayor. I said our focus is going to be on what people actually send their tax dollars to City Hall for. Snow clearing. That's become pretty important in the last couple of days. And we do a hell of a job of it in Port Coquitlam. We've just built a a brand new, beautiful, state-of-the-art, modern community centre. We take care of our roads. We make sure our parks are clean. I mean, these are the things that municipalities are responsible for and when you're very focused then again you know you're you're you can uh put off some of those large double digit increases when you have a clear focus on what the municipality is responsible for unfortunately i have noticed there is a tendency that some people who get elected to city councils actually think they got elected to the united nations general assembly (laughs) and they want to try and solve all of the world's problems off of the back of the local property taxpayer. And the problem is this, Jazz, property tax dollars, property tax was never intended to be able to take on some of the incredibly complex and challenging issues that are societal in nature. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that we can't advocate for uh, improvements and changes uh, and do our part. And we do that in Port Coquillum. But it is completely unrealistic, and it does lead to very large increases in property taxes when you try and take ownership and responsibility and try and solve all of that with a very limited uh, source of revenue that city has, property tax. Before you go, I want to ask you a question just because this is BC Budget Day. My understanding is that uh, the money that the TransLink Mayor's Council has been asking for uh, in regards to a subsidy, because the system, like many systems around North America, have not uh, reached the user levels uh, when it comes to pre-pandemic levels. I think you're at about 82% here in the Lower Mainland. My understanding is money is coming, but they won't be announcing that money until Ottawa announces it in the federal budget, and BC will be matching uh, whatever dollars the feds are putting in. Uh, and I think your request was for $500 million. I'm going to assume this is good news for you today. That would be incredibly good news for the people of Metro Vancouver, because uh, as we've talked and uh, or as we've spoken about, we need to be able to have a system that is meeting the needs of people of Metro Vancouver, one of the fastest growing regions in this country. It would be excellent news because it would allow us to continue to provide service at current levels while we work to build a new funding model that's going to meet the needs of this region into the future uh, and no longer falling behind and trying to play catch up. So incredibly positive news on that front. Brad, thank you for your time today. Thanks very much for having me, Jess.